And welcome to the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vandervliet, with this trusted canine dog, Woody. Woody, how you doing? Woody says wolf. Now, Woody is a dachshund. So if you know anything about dachshunds, dachshunds have very powerful wolves. And with that one powerful wolf, Woody's ask is, of course, to like, share, follow, subscribe, and rate this podcast on whatever platform it is that you are listening to us on and help us with the algorithm. Because remember, life is not a matrix. Life is an algorithm. All right, let's get into it. This is Tuesday that I'm recording this on. We are 28 days out. In four weeks, we will be heading to the polls. If maybe you have already voted via mail or absentee, you won't be, but a lot of us will be. We have 28 days. It's it's getting down to the wire. So now is when the polls really start to matter. So this is Tuesday. I do polling on Tuesday. So we're going to do presidential polling. We're going to do some battleground polling because I don't follow the national polls. We talk about them, but the polling that we need to worry about and the polling that we need to focus on is the battle or are the battleground states. And I use real clear politics to give me the data. Now, I do not have inside data. What I can do and what you can do is try to read the tea leaves of what's happening. What are the politicians doing? What makes them nervous? What do they look nervous? And you can start seeing that the tea leaves tell you that the internal polling doesn't look good. Now, where we're at right now, let me talk, discuss that first, the internal polling or what are the behaviors that we see that don't look good? Well, what Trump did yesterday is a little bit concerning. Now, what did Trump do yesterday? He he left Walter Reed Hospital. Uh, he, I think it was around 6.30, 7 o'clock. He left the hospital, went back to the White House, and you saw him, um, you know, go up the stairs. He did look a bit winded, and he, you know, saluted. And the, the action of actually leaving Walter Reed and going back to the hospital might be because, or not going back to the hospital, going back to the White House, getting back on the campaign trail, if you will, might be because the internal polls don't look good. Now, we also see the Obamas out here doing a lot of uh, campaigning, and that also might indicate that their internal polls don't look good. So it's hard to say. It's really hard to say to read the tea leaves for the internal polls. The Biden camp doesn't do much campaigning. I mean, even Kamala Harris they just don't get out much. Now, it might be because, and again, there's a lot of mites. It might be that the internal pollings show that they've, they've got some strength, that all they have to do is hold back and let Trump be Trump and let him sway the polls. And they feel that if they hold back and don't do anything, they can slide into the election win. You know, and it's a possibility. So the internal polls, there, there's so many different reads out there. If you're trying to follow what the politicians are doing to learn what the internal polls are, it's kind of difficult. I mean, it really is. So what we have is as laymen, laywomen as well, is the, uh, you know, the polls that we can see. So let's get into that. Let's get into what Real Clear Politics is showing me. Now, if you look at Real Clear Politics, you got to understand they're an aggregate polling service. They don't do the actual polls themselves. They just take all the polls that are out there and put them together and kind of give you some uh, averages. Now, there are a lot of others that do that, but I, I like Real Clear Politics because it's really easy to kind of go through their data. So, you know, if again, I'm saying this because I know there are others out there. Some may like the others better, but I'm using 
uh, the RCP averages. So let's talk national. And I go, yes, I don't follow national polls. I'm not a big national poll person because California, the most populous state in the union, can sway a national poll, as can New York. And we all know that those two states lean to the left. So right now, Biden has in the national poll a 9.2% lead. Now, <clears throat> while I, the number is meaningless to me, the trends are meaningful. And in the last couple of days, Trump has dropped. Uh, Trump has a 42.1 in the polls to Biden's 51.3. Now, if we go back to September 29th, just about a week ago, uh, Trump was 43.3, Biden was 49.4. So there's been a significant shift in the national polls, Biden going up, Trump going down. That's a trend. That trend is a worrisome trend. We are four weeks out of the election, and we had a significant trend change in the national polls. I think this time last week, Biden was up 6% or so. And there's also some reporting out there that Biden now nationally is doing better than where Hillary Clinton was doing. So it's a trend, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to follow those trends and we've got to understand those trends. Now, again, we want to look at the battleground averages. That's going to be the, the more important number to look at. So let's look at those uh, battleground states and then let's look at some the electoral map. So first, the battleground states. They are Florida, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, North Carolina, and Arizona. <clears throat> Biden is leading in those states on average. This is all six of those averaged together, plus 4.2%. And the trends have gone up. So this time in September 29th, last week, Biden was uh, leading 48.6 to Trump's 45 one. So Biden had an, a, a plus 3.5 over Trump in the battleground states. Well, that shifted 0.7 points. Biden now is up 4.2%. He's 49% to Trump's 44.8. <clears throat> so it's a trend, and it's a trend in the battleground states. Is it worrisome? Yeah, it's worrisome. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. Uh, the, the polling does not look good right now for Trump. So let's talk about that. And then I'll dig into the battleground states individually. As I said from the debate that <clears throat> possibly it hurt him. Him being Trump. Because, you know, there's some pundits out there that said that Trump was executing a plan to uh, sway Biden's base. Now, these polls may or may not show that. We don't know. We don't know. You know, I'm not digging into who they're actually polling. You can't poll everybody. But the idea was that Trump would uh, beat up um, Biden to s admit that he's not as left as he's trying to play himself. But he, because the base is so far left and that he may just move the base away. I'm not sure I buy that. And judging by these poll numbers, I don't think that's the case because, yeah, there's a far left radical base out there. But <clears throat> the majority of Democrats are moderate. There are a lot of Democrats out there that have been voting Democrat their whole life. Their family votes Democrats. They're not the far left. They're moderate. And if they see Trump's behavior as Trump's behavior, it throws them off. That just pushes them closer to Biden. So I'm not sure that 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 um, theory is playing out. It's definitely not playing out in the polls. So let's get into each one. Florida, 
Uh, <clears throat> last week, Biden was up by, I think, 0.5%. This week, Biden's up 2.3%. Now, both candidates have dropped in Florida in the last week or so. Uh, but right now, Biden is, in the aggregate, <clears throat> is up 2.3%. And uh, one of the polling apparatuses that are not in this aggregate are the Trafalgar Group because the Trafalgar Group is pretty accurate. So they weren't they didn't poll, I guess, Florida for this week. So we want to keep that. But there are two, four, six, eight polling apparatuses in this aggregate, and they've got Biden up two point three. The USA Today Suffolk poll has them tied, and the Washington ABC News Washington Post poll <clears throat> still has Trump up by four percent. But again, the trends are. You know, let's look at last week in September 29th, uh, Biden was up 1.1%. Well, Biden's doubled that lead in Florida, 2.3%. So again, I don't think the the debate helped Trump. I think it hurt Trump. And looking by the at these polling numbers just on the surface, I don't think this helps Trump at all. I don't think that debate performance helped Trump. Now, we got two more debates. But, you know, Trump won Florida 1.2% uh, in 2016. And he had been trending positive in Florida. He went into the election day up. Trump was up 2.2%. Now, at this same time, because now we are in the first week of October, uh, you saw uh, Clinton was up 2-3%. So now we got Biden. He's trending higher than Clinton. Hate to be the one that breaks this news, people, but this is what I feared from that debate. And uh, <clears throat> that debate did not help Trump. So let's look at Pennsylvania. Biden is up in Pennsylvania 6.6%. So again, the same thing that trends. Biden in the last week has gone up. Trump has gone down. So September, and I use in September 29th as barometer, Biden was up September 29th 5.7%. He's up now 6.6%. So we we are seeing the same thing. And remember, this is a tight, tight state. Trump won this one by 0.7%. And at this point in time, again, first week, Clinton was up significantly. Now, this is one where Clinton still was trending better. Clinton was up 12, 8%, 9%. So in Pennsylvania, Biden is still trailing clinton so that's a good sign he's still underperforming uh hillary clinton in pennsylvania where she was at the same point remember trump won this by razor thin margins michigan is another one of those razor thin wins for trump last time biden right now is up 5.8 percent uh now the trafalgar group has polled Michigan. They got Trump up 1% in Michigan. So that's a good sign because they are one of the better pro, to, uh, uh, polling um, entities out there. But this time last week, Biden was up 5.2%. So he slipped up a little bit, just a little bit in Michigan. Not much, but just a little bit. Again, Trump won this one by 0.3%. Three last time going into the election, Clinton was up on election day three point four percent, and Trump won by 03 percent. So <clears throat> at this point, in this same point in time, last election cycle, Clinton was up seven percent over Trump. So think about that. He, she was up seven percent 
over Trump. And right now, Biden is up 5.8. So Biden in Michigan is still underperforming Clinton in Michigan. So we've got three we talked about so far. Biden is trending better than Clinton in Florida, just by a little, but he's still underperforming in Pennsylvania and Michigan. Now let's check Wisconsin. There's another razor thin one for Trump. Trump won that one by 0.7%. Biden right now is leading that one in it by six points. So if we go back a week, we see the the race. Well, Biden was leading by 5.5. So he's lost some edge in Wisconsin. So that's a good thing. So right now, four out of the the three out of the four battleground states, Trump is still trending better. Now again, Biden won Wisconsin by 0.7% last go around. So if we go look at this same point in time for the election, uh, Clinton was up six points. So Clinton was tr uh, polling better than Trump by six points. Right now, Biden is polling at six points up. So we got a flat, flat performance between Biden and Clinton for Wisconsin. So that still, still is a positive for Trump. Now, <clears throat> now we go to North Carolina. Uh, Trump won North Carolina pretty solidly last time by 3.7. Right now, Biden is only up 1.2%. So he and it and we haven't seen as much of a um, a movement in this race. Last week, Biden was up 0.5. So he has gone up. But not as much as some of the other states. Now, Trump has also gone up. This time last week, Biden was 47.1% in the polls to Trump's 46.6. Right now, Biden is at 48 to Trump's 46.8. So both men have gone up in the polls. Uh, but, you know, you, again, you've got to look at the trend. We, the trend at this point last time, Clinton was up 2.6%. So if and again, Trump won that state. Clinton, Clinton was trending right now higher than Trump. So again, another battleground state where the trends still show positive for Trump. We've got four, five states now. Right now, only Florida, and I'm going to talk about Florida here in just a second after I'm done with the last state. Four, four, <clears throat> four out of the five are still trending positive for Trump in the battleground states. The last one they got as a battleground is Arizona. Uh, Biden is up 3.4% in Arizona right now. So if we look at where uh, <clears throat> the race was last week, Biden was up 2.8%. So he's had an uptick. Now, Trump won Arizona last cycle by three and a half points. So if we go look at where the race was for Clinton at the same time last year, um, Trump was actually leading. So Arizona and Florida are two states where the trend is not in Trump's favor. Now, Florida, there's been, you know, Florida is one of those states. Florida's uh, always been a battleground state. Florida, you know, they say that there's no, there's not been a, um, a, somebody who's won the presidency without winning Florida. I still think Florida is in play for Trump. I think this is a, an anomaly. I think that Florida, it, it, the Latina community is polling so well for, for Trump 
Very excited to tell you about a partnership I have with Hollywood casting director Kathy Rinking. Now, Kathy, who's been in the Hollywood business since 1994, casting for films and televisions, has put together a workshop where she takes her acting chops and teaches business professionals charisma coaching. Now, Kathy has been working with actors for years, teaching them how to be more charismatic on camera. So why is charisma coaching for you? If you are in business and you are in front of people or your staff, your team is in front of people, whether it be through networking, public speaking, or even dealing with the media on camera, charisma coaching will help you uncover your natural sexiness. Yes, I said sexiness. It'll help you create chemistry in the room by making about the other person. It'll show you how to express vulnerability and still show strength, as well as control the adrenaline rush when they're either with a crowd of people or, again, talking with the media in front of camera. So if you are in business and your team is out there interacting, or if you want to develop a skill set where you're comfortable in front of a crowd and a camera, then contact Kathy at youritfactor.net or reach out to her via phone at 720-985-8852. That is youritfactor.net. You would you're going to love this workshop that I think that uh, Trump still has a positive to win in florida so <clears throat> because if he doesn't win florida he doesn't win the election it's just just the way it is now if you look at the electoral map um the they have you know they the way they being real clear politics is they go leaning uh likely and solid for each candidate and then you've got toss-ups in the middle uh right now they have 125 electoral votes for trump and 226 for Biden. There are 187 uh, electoral votes that are what they call "quote unquote" toss-ups. So let's let me delve into those toss-ups, uh, and because some of these toss-ups they don't really make sense. They just don't. But you know what real clear politics does is they don't they don't do a bias. They don't have a bias on all these. What they do is they just take the polling. And if it's within a certain range, it goes into a toss up. One of the toss ups they have is Texas. The Democrats have been throwing everything they can at Texas. I mean, everything. Texas is not going to go blue. I mean, I, I you know, I, Texas is just not going to go blue. There's 38 electoral votes in Texas. So, again, I mentioned before that Texas or that Trump real, real clear politics gives Trump 125. Texas is not going to go blue. That's 163. They got Georgia as a toss-up. That's 16 electoral votes. Georgia's not going to go blue. So that's now 179. So now he's solidly at 179 in in the in my opinion. And now all this is just my opinion. Now Texas and Georgia, the left has been trying to keep these or make these states purple for I mean, it seems like forever. I cannot remember a time where the media was not battling Texas and Georgia into the purple zone. They want Georgia and Texas to be purple because they want people to think that Georgia and Texas are going to go blue. They're not. They're just not going to go blue. So now you got Florida. Florida is 29 electoral votes. Now, remember, this started with 125 electoral votes for Trump. You put Texas and Georgia in there. He's got 179. You throw Florida, which has 29 electoral votes. Now he's at 208. Now, remember, these are 
the toss these aren't the, these are the toss-ups so now if you throw these three states into trump's camp he's got 208 electoral votes to biden's 226 and again need 270 to win so now you got to go to those true battleground states wisconsin michigan pennsylvania ohio these are all can battleground states and they they usually are then you throw in iowa and north carolina those are the key states north carolina pennsylvania michigan wisconsin iowa and ohio now i haven't talked about iowa and ohio so you throw in the other battleground states where trump trump is trending better than hillary clinton and all of them but arizona and i'm not even going to bring in i'm not even going to put arizona into the electoral map uh trump is trending better than or by or biden is underperforming the trends to hillary in north carolina so remember he's at 208 stay with me we add north carolina electoral votes to trump now he's got 223 pennsylvania is the same thing trump won pennsylvania last time there's 20 electoral votes he's trending towards winning again that's 243 now i'm going to add ohio or not not ohio i'm sorry i'm going to stick with the main battlegrounds michigan michigan trump is still trending in the positive against uh you know where this was last time and he won it by razor thin looks like he's gonna to potentially but where the trends are right now win it by razor thin there's 16 electoral votes now trump's got 259 let's go to wisconsin same thing as last time razor th thin trend but still trending positive for trump there's 10 electoral votes so now he's got 269. so he hasn't got ohio and he hasn't got iowa yet ohio trump won ohio last time there's 18 electoral votes you add ohio into that he's at 287 for the win now iowa also is uh one of those states the the uh current sitting senator uh joni ernst just mopped the floor with her challenger in a debate and it could change the election uh if he gets iowa there's six electoral votes that gives him 293 and he's got the win and he doesn't have to win arizona he doesn't have to win nevada what he has to win is texas georgia florida north carolina pennsylvania michigan wisconsin and ohio he doesn't even have to win iowa so this is not going to be a landslide victory right now biden is up in ohio by 1.2 percent the trafalgar group has trump up in ohio by four percent this is a positive trend for donald trump this is a very very positive trend trump won iowa ohio by 8.1 percent there's a reason why they haven't thrown this this state in the battleground and by the way in recent polling uh trump is uh, uh this <clears throat> trump beat i'm sorry trump beat clinton by 8.1 percent and polling going into election day was 3.5 percent and he beat trump by one by eight point one percent and he was positive he was trending positive this time last time by 1.6 percent so ohio um ohio's looking good but biden is outperforming clinton in ohio but ohio still you got the trafalgar group they're calling it right now that trump is in the lead so i feel pretty confident that that one can go to trump again and he won that state by 8.1 percent iowa trump won that state by 9.5 percent and right now biden is leading that state 
by 0.5. So well within the margin of error. And the Monmouth polling has Trump up 3% in Iowa. And if you look at this same time last time, Trump was leading that state. So Biden has, and it's funny that they don't put Iowa and Ohio into the battleground states, but they are toss-up states. So, so I guess long story short on this is that the debates did not help Trump. They just did not help Trump. The debates helped Biden. You know, Trump is still trending uh, and positively. Biden is still underperforming where Hillary Clinton was, despite what the pundits are trying to tell us because they're just looking at the national average. Yeah, Biden is up in the national average, but the national polls, again, the national polls are worthless. You just can't look at them. You've got to look specifically state by state. Uh, former House Speaker Democrat Tip O'Neill famously said that all elections are local. And I, and I think I mentioned on this podcast before, I met some state local politician here in Georgia who said that no, all elections are not local anymore. That that phrase doesn't make it, that doesn't, uh, count anymore because of the national media. They make it national. No, no. At the end of the day, all politics are local. So you've got to look at those battleground states. This will not be a landslide election. Not where the trends are right now. And I believe, in part, that debate performance was so disastrous, it hurt. I mean, it hurt. So the Biden camp has taken the approach of not campaigning. They put a lid on their campaign the other day, just like they've been doing prior to the debates. And again, if you don't remember what the lid is, it means no media interaction. So they put a lid on it. That's what it's called. And Biden's still doing that. Biden was out yesterday campaigning and he did a, in a town hall event or he did an event where he says, I'm back. And I don't know where he went, but he was saying how he's back. Well, what does that mean? Trump is the one who went somewhere. It was back. So the more they put Biden out to campaign, the more it hurts them. So they're going to keep a lid on Biden through the next four weeks of this campaign. And they're doing the same thing with um, Kamala Harris as well. And Trump, Trump is going to be out there. Coronavirus or no coronavirus, Trump is going to be out there, good, bad, or indifferent. And I think at this point in time, what the Trump campaign has to do is they're going to have to pivot. They're going to have to change his behavior. Now, this coronavirus, him catching the coronavirus, is the perfect opportunity for him to pivot. I don't believe he did himself any service, though, but the other day by saying that um, we can't let the coronavirus dictate our lives. I agree with him. I agree 100%. But what he allowed to happen with that is for the frothing left to go apeshit some more and start using that as a club against them because this virus is real and people have died. But I agree with President Trump. I agree with him 100%. We cannot let this virus dictate us. Now, all these people that got the coronavirus that are around him, because we've heard Kelly and Conway, uh, Kaylee McEnany has gotten it. All of, you know, several, I think Tom Tillis, the uh, North Carolina senator, uh, also contracted the um China virus, and people are saying that is it a, is it a conspiracy that they're trying to infect they being the left trying to infect people on the right? No, no, don't think that. These are all people that are in one group that that basically are together, and it's pretty obvious how they could have caught it through these many functions that they've been through. So 
if 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 none of them become very 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 ill then it does show people not just american people worldwide people that you know this virus isn't so as debilitating as people say the people the the people the 210,000 or so that have died um only a small fraction died with just the coronavirus 96% or 94% had underlying conditions 2.6 other underlying conditions so if you had pneumonia and you caught the chinese virus then chances are it was going to do a number on you but if you didn't have any other kind of underlying condition whether it be the flu uh, cancer or any other kind of illness then chances are you you're going to get through it it does have almost a 99 percent survival rate but the media is working against this president so they will not report it that way. So the trends are a little bothersome. Not going to lie about this. So we've got to be diligent and we've got to make sure that uh, people that we know, if they're on the fence and they are voting conservative, that we got to get people to the polls. This is a base election. People have to turn out. This will not be a landslide. This will be, a, you know, I think Trump won by 306 electoral votes last time. Uh, this is going to be another razor thin election because right now, if you're looking at the electoral map, Trump's got to he's got to win the same states he won last time. He can lose Arizona. I think he won Arizona last time and still win the election. But he's got to he's got to win Florida, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin and Ohio. It doesn't necessarily have to win Iowa, but it would help. But he's got to win those other states. Those, these are the battleground states. Now, again, they're going to try to tell you that Texas and Georgia are battleground states. They're not. Those are those are, those are going to vote red. You know, they they may be a little bit pink, but they're going to vote red. Florida, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Ohio are the states that need to keep a watch on for the electoral college and the electoral vote. All right, that is it for this segment of the PBL Podcast. Thank you for putting up with this polling. I think it's important. We are four weeks out to the day. We have four weeks left. Things are going to get crucial. We've got a VP debate this week, Wednesday. Now, t t traditionally, VP debates, they don't do much. I mean, what, when, what VP debate do you remember that was pivotal. I remember one, the um, Lloyd Benson saying to Dan Quayle, I knew John Kennedy and you, sir, know John Kennedy. That's it. That's it. I don't remember anything. You know, I don't remember anything uh, big from the Cheney debates when Cheney debated, uh, was he debated uh, Lieberman and uh, <clears throat> I forget the other guy that he debated. I don't remember any of those. Uh, uh, Edwards, John Edwards. Uh, I don't remember uh, the debates between, you know, eh, any VP candidate other than what Lloyd Benson said to Dan Quayle. So eh, I'm not looking for too much out of this debate. It's not going to be as uh, significant as the actual presidential debate, not the VP debate. The VP debates are just kind of meh. You know, I hate to undermine it, but it's just like meh. All right. Again, thank you for listening to this episode this pod of the PBL Podcast. Check us out on our website, pblpodcast.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And Woody says, whoa. <laughs>